This is the Catalyst Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 4, Episode 3. The Hidden Life, Your Precious Treasure in Tough Times. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back. Welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. How's things going for you? As I'm making this, it's in the summer, and in the UK, it's extremely hot. So hopefully wherever you are, you're not melting too much as you're listening to this. Thank you massively to our sponsor for the Catalyst podcast. They're the Masterclass Sessions. Click on the link in the show notes, and you can book yourself on to the next session. World-class people, best in their field, all around the world, and they share incredible material. If you would like to win a full-year subscription to that, you think, I'd like that, but I don't want to pay for it. Um, just send a message to michael at catalyst.co.uk or send me a message on social media or LinkedIn, something like that. And just say, oh, I really enjoyed this part of this episode of the podcast. And we'll put you in um, to our competition, which we do every month. And you'll have access to, hopefully, um, a chance to win the competition. And we've had, I think, five winners so far as we've been doing this. And they've been very grateful and loving it. So click on the link in the show notes and visit the website if you want that to be you. I want to give you an insight into how I actually plan these podcasts because this is very organic. If you've been listening to these for a while, you'll know I never planned on doing them, but people have been loving them, so let's go. And I've planned out all of season four, but I'm always reflecting and listening to people and learning from them. And this kind of has come up quite organically and I hadn't planned on doing this episode, but when I planned it out, I got really excited about it. And then once I finished planning it, I was like, this is more than one part. So we're looking in these first few episodes of season four at tough times. You know, we're going through them, you might be going through them. How do you actually hang on in there? How do you do really well? I don't know about you, but do you hate that phrase, don't just survive, thrive? I'll never say that again. (laughs) But how do you live well and move forward in these times? So this idea of the hidden life, this is something I want to give you three examples where I've experienced just how powerful this is. And then I want to give you five different ways that you can cultivate an inner life, a way of looking after yourself that isn't dependent on your outer success or metrics or anything like that. It's something deeper. It's something from within. So where does it come from? Well, if you remember, I think it was the first episode this season, I was talking about I attended a wedding, a family wedding. And I was saying that you know nobody at that wedding cared about my business or how much money I make. They just loved me and they wanted me to be there. And I was reflecting on that. And I've been to about five, six weddings in the last three years. And I was thinking, why do you invite somebody into your wedding? You invite somebody to your wedding because you like them or you love them and you want them to be part of your special day. It's a special day that hopefully you'll remember for the rest of your life. And being invited there is a way of saying, you matter to me and I like you and I want you there. And I thought, there's so much in my business and my life I've experienced where that's actually what people want and that's actually what they value because they tell me um, when I speak to people that are older, people that have died, They say it's the quality of the relationships, it's who they were as a person, it was not what they achieved. So I thought, let's look at that, because that's really cool. So your outer life is, you know, your targets, your goals, your money, your success, everything that's kind of outside of your body, your house you live in, all these things. And I'm not bashing those, by the way. I love the house that I live in. I love having access to the internet. These things are great. But the inner life is... Where does that come from? Because you don't just create something out of nothing. So that's the kind of, I you know I'm not describing it really well, but that's where we're going with this this episode. We're not thinking about how to do this and you get this on the outside. It's not that. So I'll give you an example. 
this was beautiful when I experienced this example from my teaching days. So I was teaching in Stockport near Manchester and I had about three children called Jaden in my class, many Jadens. And Jaden's mother at the end of the term wrote to me, actually wrote to the school and said, I need to tell you something about Mr. Quigley. <laughs> now when a head teacher gets an email like that, they immediately think of the worst, but said, words fail me to express how grateful I am to Mr. Quigley. He reminds me of the teachers I had back in South Africa who did so much with so little. Jaden wants to do his homework every half term. It's a miracle. As a working mother and a nurse, I want you to understand how grateful I am that when I leave Jaden in Michael's care, Mr. Quigley's care, I know he's safe and he'll have a good time. The uh, the head teacher showed it to me. I printed it off and I stuck it on my wall for about two years because my mother said to me, that's the kind of feedback a teacher wants and hopes for but never gets. Now, the reason I'm giving you that example is if you look at teaching with an external outer look, you think, right, how many lessons have I taught this week? What were they on? Do you remember how many lessons you got taught at school? I don't. I remember the teachers, I remember the really good times, I remember the random experiences, and that's what Jaden's mum was saying to me, saying there's something about you and something about your class and the vibe you create that I really appreciate, and it goes way deeper. She didn't mention any of the lessons or anything like that. And that's when I realised it was who I was as a teacher that, that made the results. And I always used to say to children, I've got your back for the whole year, you come to me, you got a problem, you come to me. And in the business world, that's very, very attractive to people when they know that you've got somebody who's there for you. So that's just one example. The second example I've already given is the wedding. You know, why do people think, yeah, we'd like Mike to our wedding rather than, oh, he's a nightmare? I thought, I don't know. But it, it will be because of the inner, who I am as a person. You know, am I kind? Am I loving? Am I a friendly person? Do I listen well? I'm the kind of person you'd want at a wedding. And the third one is only this week I had somebody say to me, she said, the world needs you, keep going. Now, again, I'm very grateful and I'm very humbled by those words because somebody doesn't give a compliment like that unless they mean it. Think about when somebody's complimented you and they've said something, how often do we bat it off and go, oh, no, you don't really mean that. Take the compliment, take the compliment. It, I always say to people, it takes effort to give a compliment. It takes effort to give no, it takes no effort to make a complaint. It's like somebody off on social media, bitch moan, complain, that almost comes out automatically. But to tell somebody specifically in those kind of words why they matter and why they're valued, it's one of the best things you can do to another human being. So when she said that to me, I'm at a stage in my life where I listened and I said, thank you very much. And I thought, you know, why does she say that? And we, and we talked about it. So they're just some examples. But what those examples are suggesting is there's something in, say, in my life that people think, yeah, that's that's good. And you can have the exact same, and you probably do have the exact same, but the reason I want to focus on the inner life is we, we devalue it. As a teacher, I'll tell you, I used to be obsessed with being an outstanding teacher in all these lessons. What Jaden's mum said was that wasn't actually what matters, and I got quite distracted by that. And you can sometimes, I've said before, being so busy trying to teach the children aren't learning. Same thing with business. We're so focused on profit and growth, we don't realise just how good things are the people we've got already around us and equally with family. So if you think, all right, that sounds, you, you convinced me. I want to work on that. Yeah, there's more to life than just the, the outer stuff. I want to work on this inner side. What can we do? There's loads we can do. And I've got five things for you. This is a brilliant starting point for you. And this changed a lot for me when I watched this video. It's an incredible video. And it was by a comedian called Kyle Cease. I think I might have mentioned him before, but it's you can't watch this enough. I'll put a link in the show notes. And Kyle Cease is an American stand-up comic who's vastly experienced over 20 years. And he started doing a lot more 
um, things where he'd just do it completely off the top of his head. He became so confident. And he quotes uh, a film quote, but he take, took it and made it his own, and, and he talked about it in this video, which I'll share with you in the link. And he says, You are what you love, not what loves you. You are what you love, not what loves you. What he means by that is, if you start from in to out, everything's good. You start from the inner life and project it outwards, things are good. If you expect things from the outside world to make you happy, it's never going to work because everything's going to change. Everything's going to have to change every time you want it to just to make you happy. You'll be dissatisfied in relationships. You'll get bad results and then you'll internalize those and go, I'm bad because of this thing outside. He says, if, if you focus on what you love, not what loves you back, not the results you get. If you focus on that love and you love it from the inside first, the outside often matches that. And I'll give you a perfect example of how true that is. My dog, Kochi, who I love to pieces, and he loves me back. He doesn't care about my car or my business or he doesn't even care about my haircut or any of these things that we seem to focus on. He care. He knows I love him. Dogs know. And some people say, oh, dogs don't experience love. It doesn't matter what you call it. There's a vibe there. And he knows. He knows. And my dog loves me just as I am, yeah? Not as he'd want me to be. And I love him just as he is. So start from that, that you are what you love, not what loves you back. So if you start in a business way by saying, this is what we love and this is what we're going to put out there and we love you and and that love in a very practical way, what you're all about, your vision, your values, that's very attractive to people. The opposite of that is to focus on what you're going to get or what's already out there and what they get. What are they going to give you to make you feel good about yourself? They can never give you enough. Nobody else can make you feel good about yourself. Enough, I've found. It never ends. So that's something to start with. Start from the inside out. You are what you love. And what you love, you know, things that you do for free all day anyway, just because you love them, start from there. They're already inside you. Just focus on them. The second thing which I think can really help, and this I have to thank my mother for this, because she's taught me this. I've practiced this for 25 years. Self-reflection. Self-reflection is the ability to stop at the side of the road on the journey and say, all right, where am I at? Where am I at? What's going on today? Or what's happened today? Or in my life? What's going well? What's not? What's my fault? What's not? How do I feel? What's going on? To reflect like a mirror, to reflect back, not on yourself, like be obsessed with yourself, but to take ownership and responsibility and tune into yourself. Meditation is an incredible uh, example of self-reflection because you, you're you just paying attention to how you are in that moment. And any other thoughts and things that you think you actually base yourself on all kind of eventually disappear. You reach a point where you're just like, uh, my mind is empty and yet I'm still here. Self-reflection, I would recommend that you do it by in a written form. If you sit there and try and self-reflect and think things through, as we said in the previous episode, if you're not used to that and you're going through a tough time, it just evolves into rumination, catastrophizing, it'd be pretty negative. Getting it out onto the page is very powerful. I write every single day. I took up the habit when I'd had CBT therapy after taking time off work, uh, doing a gratitude journal, which then led me to write my first book, and, and I realized I'm just going to write every day for the rest of my life. It'll need to be five minutes a day, but reflect what's going on, what you're excited about, what sucks at the moment, how do you feel, what successes have you had, what failures, where do you really want to go? Just write it down. And you'll find that when you start it, it's quite difficult because you're not used to doing it. It's like throwing out an, a fishing line to a long way and expecting a fish. And every time you do it, you just throw a little bit closer, a little bit closer, and eventually you just almost like picking up the fish with your hand. I don't know if that's a good image, but I'll use it. And it just gets easier and easier and easier to check in with yourself and say, how am I? I'm okay, let's crack on. Or how am I? Actually, no. No, 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 I'm not good. Self-reflection. It's not selfish at all. 
it's not a bad thing. It's a very, very good thing because by getting yourself right or knowing where you're at, you can help other people. Some of the people that are the most destructive in the world are not incredibly self-aware. I think I've talked about psychopaths who in a way can't help it because they clinically can't feel empathy and how other people feel. So they just do their thing. They can't self-reflect like we can. The third one is something that I would recommend. And it's quite fun, actually. I talked about there being like 7 billion people in the world. You know, That's a lot of people. So there's you and me and over 7 billion, close to 8 billion people. And depending on how long we live for, that will go up to 8, 9 and 10. But there's a human condition. And I love that phrase, the human condition, because to be a human today is a bit different to a human five years ago. And it's very different to a human from 50 years ago or 200 years ago in some ways. Some of the hardware we have, some of the software we have in our brains and our bodies are exactly the same as thousands of years ago. But some of the things that we have to do and be and say these days would be unthinkable even just 50 years ago. And I love the phrase, the human condition, because to understand what it means to be human is, in my opinion, one of the best things that you can do. Because if you understand yourself and you understand other people, that's very, very useful because you can have relationships that work. You can have projects, you can have successes, you can have happy moments. Because one of the saddest things I think I've realized as I've gotten older is our world is not set up necessarily to make you psychologically happy, meaning you know, you go to school, you get the job, you get the career, whatever, hopefully have good health and relationships. None of that is a guarantee that you're going to be satisfied, happy and healthy because I've experienced the opposite and I know a lot of people have as well. And once you accept that, it can, it's not scary at all. It's like, oh, so that means I've got to work on myself and I've got to look after myself because nobody else is going to do it for me. Absolutely. And just because I thought this thing was going to satisfy me and doesn't, that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. All right, so I'm going to share that with my friend who's experiencing something similar. When we have these insights into human condition and we share them and people go, oh, you understand me totally. That's so cool. I thought it was just me. It's very powerful. So seek to understand the human condition. Get interested. Get curious. What's it like for people? Who's struggling? Who's doing well? Why is that? A really good book that can help you with that is John Powell. John Powell was a Jesuit priest and he wrote an incredibly powerful book. So don't read it unless you're up for a challenge. It's called, Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am? That title in itself suggests a good read. And I'll give you a spoiler alert, because he says it near the start. He used this question because in his experience, when he speaks to people and he says, you know, people say, well, I'm afraid to tell you who I really am, because what if you don't like it? And who I am is all that I actually have. It's fear of rejection. Very powerful. So that book, it's a psychological book in many ways, can help you to understand the human condition. And it's like it was written yesterday. And it really helped me to understand just how sensitive we all are. We don't want to be rejected. We don't really share how we really are most of the time because we're scared that that's all we've got. And you can see, can't you, why we go for these outst- external outer things thinking that's going to make me feel better and be more impressive to people. Not to a dog. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he doesn't care. Um, a second book that I should have mentioned earlier, which I think is really, really good for making self-reflection a habit if you don't want to write, is another priest. You've got two priests today. Um, I didn't plan that. Daniel O'Leary was a Catholic priest, and he wrote a book called The Happiness Habit. And it's absolutely beautiful because it's just a daily thing where there's a picture, a painting, a quote, and some thoughts on being happy. And if you look at everything I've been talking about today and we've been thinking about, 
it's all in there. Understand the human condition, going from in to out, expressing beauty and understanding is is wonderful. It's a beautiful book. It's so good. I've read it. I'm on my third time through. So it helps you to just pause and understand life and happiness a little bit every day. It's beautiful. The fourth thing, which I think is a really cool one, is having depth to your life outside of the money that you earn. I was listening back to an audiobook by Napoleon Hill. So Napoleon Hill is a long time ago this book was made. And Napoleon Hill was talking about saying it's pretty, it's brilliant. He said, if you only give value to the amount you're paid for, you've got a pretty shallow life. You're not gonna have fun, you're not gonna do anything of value. If the only thing that gives you happiness and, and success is how much you get based on how much you're paid, he says you'll li- you'll leave money on the table. And I love that because I'm a big fan of that. Give more value than you get paid for. This podcast is free. Hopefully, I'd like it to always be free. Because if I just did it to get paid, how rubbish is that? I don't do it to get paid. And kind of understanding that, thinking, all right, what's my inner life going to be like that's nothing to do with my job or my business? That's where music comes in, art comes in, food comes in, nature comes in, having a laugh, just having a good laugh with your friends, variety comes in, having fun, spontaneity, soft things that balance out the hard things. Just go to an art museum and see if you don't have a moment where you just go, whoa, look at that. I remember going to an installation about black history in uh, a museum in Manchester 15 years ago, and the pieces that I saw there, still I can close my eyes and see them, had a profound impact on my ability to think about what we said before, the human condition, and what must their lives have been like. So having that fourth one, embracing things that are nothing to do with money, nothing to do with business, nothing to do with work, it gives you a depth. I can't tell you the amount of things in my work and business that I've pulled out of left field when I'm trying to help somebody and I think of an example from when I did jiu-jitsu or when I played on stage in a band or when I was doing this and that, the best ones often come from life and because they re- resonate with people and they relate to them. And the last one is really, really important because oh, if you just did this one, you, you made me a very happy man. Focusing on who you want to become rather than what you do. I got it from Jeff Thompson years ago. He was a former bouncer and martial artist who became a writer and he used to go around battering people. Then he realized, oh, hang on a second. There's a reason why violence is always around me. It's me. And he stopped being violent. They were his words. And I thought, how incredible is that? How profound an insight. And I really thought about that. And I thought, one of the reasons I've enjoyed my business so much so far is because it's made me a better person. It's made me more patient. It's made me more kind. Kindness to me is so important that loving kindness has become one of the essential values for Catholics. So thinking about that, who do you want to be? Because that's what people talk about. That's what makes a difference. That's often what gets you the business deals. That's why somebody invites you to a wedding. Who you want to be. And the exciting thing is, it's a beautiful discovery journey because there'll be bits about yourself that you don't like. I have many. (laughs) And I'm working on them. And you can change them. And not only change them, you're not trying to be a different person. You're actually developing yourself into a better Example, there's a mythical story that um, the American President Abraham Lincoln wrote down 15 things he hated about himself. He said, I I don't like doing this, I do this all the time. And he systematically tried to eliminate them from his life. I love that. My big one is patience. I used to say to myself, I'm so impatient. I don't say that anymore. I try and work on patience. And there's nothing more important for a business owner, I feel, than, than being patient. So just thinking about that. What do you want to be known as? Not by other people, but to yourself. To yourself. For me, it's kindness. It's weird. That's I used to think it was integrity and success and integrity, yes, but 
kindness keeps coming up. If I died tomorrow, I'd want on my headstone, Eli's Michael Quigley, he was a kind guy. And that's enough. Isn't it interesting? I would not have told you that five years ago. <laughs> so hopefully that's been helpful for you in kickstarting the flame inside and and getting you to think, yeah, there's, there's more to it than maybe the outer success. It's easy, isn't it, to get distracted. I have to rein myself in many, many times. So I'm talking to myself as well. I'm a work in progress. And just take two things from today. Take something from today. Watch that video by Carl Cease. It's a great video. It's got great music. It's very moving. I cried when I first watched it. And maybe check out the books. But even if you don't, you know, even just sit there and think, hmm, just know that right now, just as you are, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care and speak soon. So today's random positive fact is a beauty. I wanted to give you something of the natural world that I just think is brilliant. So sea otters, sea otters mate for life, but not only that, when they fall asleep, they're on their backs on the surface of the water, they hold hands, and they hold hands to stop themselves from drifting apart while they're asleep. Just Google it and you'll see pictures of sea otters holding hands asleep. I think there's something in there about tough times and how we can help each other. Have a think about it. <laughs>